0: Hello and welcome. My name is Blake Lindsay, and I am very happy you're here for Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. Thank you for bringing somebody with you this week and we certainly hope you do next week As what a fun time this truly is. I'm excited to get started because today Zig is going to discuss with us how to apply his principles in the marketplace, how to use the ideas he shares as a leader. You may not have the title manager, but you can still be a leader within your organization just the same. Let's listen in as Zig is sharing with an audience some leadership principles. He learned from his mother and other people as well. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely.
1: Now, how does all of this work in the marketplace? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. My dad died when I was five years old. There were six of us too young to work. We survived because we had a wonderfully wise, hardworking, loving mother with great faith. All of us started helping around the house very early in our careers, in our childhood. I remember my first solo assignment in the garden. I had two rows of beans, and the rows were three and a half miles long. (laughs) Would you believe three? But when you're eight years old, they look like they were three and a half miles long. My mother showed me what she wanted me to do and how she wanted me to do it. And then she said, son, now, when you finish, call me and I'll come look it over. Well, I finally got through and I said, "Mama, I'm through. Well, my mother was a little bitty lady. She always wore a cloth (laughs) sunbonnet over her head to protect her face from that hot Mississippi sun. When she was not happy with what we had done, you could always tell she would always fold her hands behind her back. She would always duck her head. She'd always cock its slightly to the right, and she'd give her that little left to right motion, you know. Well, when she started that, I said, what's the matter, Mama? And my Mama said, son, it looks like you're going to have to lick this calf over. Now, is there anybody here so underprivileged that you do not clearly understand that perfectly plain old Mississippi colloquialism licked that calf over. Anybody doesn't understand that? Well, don't be embarrassed about being ignorant. they just a lot of folks, a lot of folks had not had the same benefits in life I have. Well, let me tell you, I knew exactly what it meant. What it meant was, son, you got to do this job over. But I was trying to buy time. So I said, Mama, hadn't been messing with that calf. I've been hooing these beans. She kind of laughed and said, Well, son, what I, what I mean is this. For most people, what you've done would be perfectly all right. But you're not most people. You're my son. And my son can do better than this. Now, let's look at the leadership and management principles that are involved in this, the relationship that is there. Let's look, first of all, she was a wise lady. Limited education, fifth grade, but wisdom really is a gift from God. And as an aside, you will never see or hear an arrogant, wise person. That's not going to happen. Now, you'll see an arrogant, knowledgeable person, but not a wise one. My mother had wisdom. Now, the second principle I want to point out is that we knew that she was going to instruct us on uh, how to do what she wanted us to do. And this is a good leadership management principle, isn't it? We need to teach our people exactly how to do what we want them to do. In this high-tech world with computers changing every other day, uh, even though a person might be an expert on it, each one has its little idiosyncrasies, and and we need to give them a chance. My mother had told me exactly how to hoe those beans. That's the second thing we knew about it. Third thing we knew was that she was going to inspect to make certain she got what she expected. Uh, it's terribly discouraging to a child or to an employee to give them an assignment, and never say "Good job," or "thank you for that." Now, obviously, if they show up at eight and leave on five and that's their job, and nothing is unusual about it, you just are courteous and pleasant with them but when they stay later, when they go above and beyond, a simple thank you is so important. The next principle is our mother had set certain standards. You see, she uh, had clearly taught us, she expected us to do our best, not be the best. See, that's an impossible standard because everybody can't be the best at everything. Now, I'm certain my mother had never heard this phrase, but uh, she also was demonstrating something. She understood, you see, that failure is an event, it's not a person. I, I wasn't a bad boy, I just did a lousy job. That's what she was saying to me. But, son, you're a good boy. As a matter of fact, you're so good, I cannot accept substandard work from you. It's unfair. To the child, to the employee, or to anyone else. You build those ceilings on them when you do it that way. She had criticized their performance, you see. It needed criticize. To, to let some shoddy work get through is absolutely unfair to everyone, including our customers. Is this not so? She had praised the performer. He needed the praise. His self-image, was fine after that. Now, I don't remember jumping up and down and saying, oh boy, I gotta, I'm going to get a chance to do this one again. I don't remember that. But in retrospect, as I look back on my life, I realize that the finest thing that had happened to me, and I don't know when, was exactly what happened that day. Will this work in the athletic world, for example? Yes, it will. It will work in the business world? It will work in any world of which you are a part. The approach of being considerate of the other person, and that doesn't mean soft with the other person, but it does mean that you are doing the right thing for that person. It breeds loyalty in an individual. A little bit earlier, you heard Brian Flanagan. Let me tell you something about Brian. Several years ago, uh, Brian uh, came to my house. He didn't want to talk to me at the office. He knew I was there. He walked in and announced his resignation. He said, Zig, I have been given a unique opportunity, and I've got to take advantage of it. I'll be part owner. I'll keep doing the same thing I'm doing. I won't have to travel as much. It's a unique opportunity. And I said, well, Brian, man alive, i got to tell you, I sure hate to see you go. You're very valuable to us. You have great talent and ability, and I have great respect for you, and we're going to miss you. And, and Brian, uh, and I don't do this, uh, almost never, but I said to Brian, if this turns out to be more glitter than gold, I want you to know that the door is open for you to come back. Now, let's think a minute. Why did he get that opportunity was it because he was going around telling everybody about that lousy fellow Zig Ziglar was and what a crummy company he worked for? I mean, you just, those people, they're horrible. Can you imagine somebody said, hey, listen to this guy. He's the kind of fellow we want to hire. Maybe he'll go around and say the same things about us. <laughs> you know why they offered him a job? Because of his loyalty to us and just good common sense. He said, it's a wonderful place to work. they are great people down there. And those folks thought, man alive, this is the kind of guy we need working for us. You build relationships by being loyal to the individual's concern and doing the things that will make a difference. Now, as we look at how this works in the marketplace, let me uh, tell you what we've been doing some surveys on. In these surveys, we've been asking people, what is it? That you want in a training program, we asked the question of over six hundred companies, and the question really boiled down to something like this: Why don't you do more training? And almost everyone, they always sent back the same three. They sent a lot of reasons, but all, three of them were always there: cost too much, takes too long, too complicated. How many of you have ever? Told a salesman trying to sell you a training program, something along those lines. Cost too much, take too long, too complicated. So we created a specific program to answer all three of those things. We call it Ziggets. Now, Ziggets encompasses a, a number of things. For example, we do about five or six minutes on video, cover three major points. Now, The training session that follows takes about 20, 25 more minutes, so that takes care of the time factor. We teach them three or four very specific things which they can then use that day on the job. Cost too much? Well, eight training sessions cost roughly $150 dollars. And so that brings the cost down way, way down. Uh, complicated, three things which they use immediately. In other words, we ask the customer, what do you want? Now, in business, why can't we ask our internal customers what they want? In other words, I'm the employer. And uh, what we're facing today is a labor shortage. Everywhere yeah, I go, employment wanted, employment opportunity, employment opportunity, uh, come in here. You see it in papers, you hear it on radio, on television all the time. Uh, You know, I mean, the the labor market is very, very tight. USA Today did some studies on this, and here's what they found. They found the same things that we've been talking about, what everybody wants. But they also found uh, that when they asked the employer, what do you think your employees want? And the three things they said, according to USA Today, number one, employers said employee wants more money. That's the first thing they want. Second, they want job security. And third, they want opportunity for advancement. Then they went to the employees and said, what's most important to you in this world today? Number one was they wanted some interesting work. Number two, they wanted appreciation for the work they had already done. And number three, they wanted a feeling of being in on things. Don't make me learn everything from the grapevine. That's what they were saying. Now, where did they rate money? That is number nine. Where did they rate job security? That was number 12. Opportunity for advancement? Uh, That was number 13. Now, let me ask you a question. If that's what the employers thought they wanted, and they gave them a raise, and then they didn't get very excited about it, Maybe that helps understand it. Of course, I've never seen anybody turn one down. <laughs> but why not let's look at what makes the most difference to that individual, and that namely is what they themselves really want. And you might say, okay, now what does, the, uh, what does the boss get out of that? Well, they found out what the boss wanted. Anybody know what the boss wants? Loyal, productive employees and a growing, thriving, profitable business.
0: I'm Blake Lindsey, and as I like to say, live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.